Ain't God good this morning? Man, the presence of God is here. He is definitely in the house this morning. Praise the Lord. He is good. All right. God is good. I had something that I wanted to preach, but I think he just changed my mind. Have you ever been, had that before? Well, if you haven't, you need to at least experience that one time in your life. God is good. Let's turn to Joshua chapter 1. I may preach that other one tonight. We'll just see how the Lord leads. I feel led to go here first this morning. Joshua chapter 1, beginning in verse number 6. I think this is fitting for this morning. When you get to shout amen. Oh, now, come on now. Hey, them pages still ruffling. Amen. amen. God's good. Look at, your, look at your neighbor and say, God's good. All right. Joshua chapter 1, beginning of verse 6. Be strong. I can preach right there. Let me say it again. Be strong and of good courage. For under this people shalt thou divide the inheritance of the land in which I swear to the fathers to give them. Only be strong. Come on, somebody. And very courageous that thou may obtain to do according to all of the law which Moses, my servant, hath commanded thee. Turn not from it from the right or to the left. Thou mayest prosper whatsoever thou goest. Come on, somebody. How many is prospering in the house? This book of the law shall not depart from thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate upon them night and day. And thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein, and for thou shalt make thy way prosperous. Let me say it again. Thou shalt make thy way prosperous. And then thou shalt have good success. Y'all ain't getting it like I'm getting it this morning. Have I not commanded thee, be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee wherever thou goest. I like this part right here. Ooh, I'm about to preach. I feel it in the house already this morning. Then Joshua commanded the officers. What did Joshua do? He got this word from the Lord. Come on, somebody. Then he commanded the officers and the people, saying, Pass through the host to command the people, saying, Prepare your victuals. For within three days, hmm, y'all not with me, within three days, ye shall pass over the Jordan and go in to possess the land which the Lord has given you to possess. What did he say? He, what did Joshua do? God gave him the word, right? Then what he said, he commanded them to gather up. Get ready. Why? Because in three days, mm -mm -mm, three days, something's going to change. 
Lord, I thank you and I praise you, Lord, and I worship you, God, for who you are and what you are. And I thank you, Lord, for your anointing that we feel in your house. And I thank you, God, that we come here to praise you and to glorify you for who you are and what you are. Now, God, I pray, God, continue to have your way. Continue to have your way into this place. And, God, that when we leave this house, we will be different. We will be changed. We'll be glorified. Your name only, God. We'll be lifting you up for who you are and what you've done in this place. Now, God, I pray, Lord, let me be you. Your servant today, God, let my eyes be your eyes. Let my ears be your ears. Let my mouth be your mouth. Let me speak your oracles and blessings to your people. That, God, when we leave this place today, we all will be changed by the grace, by the glory, by the power, and by the blood of Jesus in this house. And we give you the glory, honor, and praise. And everybody said, amen, amen and amen. While you see to say this with me. Thy word, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And I will hide his words in my heart that I may not sin against God. If you believe it, give the Lord a hand and clap of praise this morning. Here is Joshua getting things prepared. Here is Joshua getting things ready because God's about to do the miraculous. Come on, somebody. Here's Joshua getting everything ready because they're about to inherit what God said they could have. Now, you got to understand what has transpired up until this point. So I'm going to back up and do a little history. Is that all right? How many remember all the years that the, the children of Israel was in bondage? They was enslaved. They was in Egypt. They was in a place where they couldn't go anywhere. They couldn't do anything. They were stuck. They were slaves. They took them and they had to make brick and they had to make uh, make things to help Pharaoh and build Pharaoh's kingdom. Uh, they had everything set up in Egypt. But how many know when you keep crying out to God, God's going to show up sooner or later? Because my Bible said that they keep crying out to God. They kept asking God to help them. God, we need a deliverer. We need somebody who can change us. We need somebody who can set us free. We need somebody who can come in and get us out of this place. And how many knows when you cry out to God, he hears you every time you cry. He hears you when you call on him. He said, because my sheep know my voice. Come on somebody. And he will hear you. And when he hears you, he'll show up. So they kept crying and kept crying because they was in bondage. Kept crying because they wanted somebody to help them get out. And then all of a sudden on the backside of the wilderness, there was a man by the name of Moses that he had a burning bush experience. A time with God that he ain't never had. Sometimes we need a time with God we ain't never had. We need a moment where God shows up and speaks to us and gets to the point where God can move in us. Boy, I feel it in the house. I don't know about y'all this morning. He got up there, that bush wouldn't burn up. You know, sometimes God got to do some things to get our attention. Well, I'm going to preach this right here so y'all can catch up with me. Sometimes God allow you to go through things that you don't want to go through to help you. Because some of us don't like it unless we're pushed and shoved and prodded. Come on, are you with me? Because some of us won't move unless God moves us. Come on. God had to call him up the mountain. God had to bring him up that mountain. God had to put that bush, come on somebody, out there for him to see so he can notice that God was about to do something. Come on. Sometimes God got to push us and prod us to do something. Come on. Because sometimes we want to be stubborn and hard-headed and bullheaded and we want to do it our way. We kind of like Frank Sinatra, I did it my way. Y'all ain't shouting with me this morning. 
But when he got to speak it to Moses, God called Moses and got him prepared. Yes, he was raised up as an Egyptian, but praise God, he was a Hebrew. He was God's chosen man for the right time, for the right moment, and for the right season. When Moses had that burning bush experience, God told Moses, he said, go on over there and tell them that God sent you and tell them to let my people go. Now, Moses did like a lot of us did. Like a lot of us do. Well, Lord, I'm not even worthy. I can't even talk. I can't do this and I can't do that. Come on, somebody. If he has called you, he has equipped you. Let me say it again. If he has called you, he has equipped you. God had prepared Moses from the very beginning. Come on, somebody. To be the one to help deliver him out of, the, out of Egypt. But listen, he kept saying, well, I need Aaron to go with me. I need this one. Come on, somebody. And that one. Listen, quit making excuses for keeping you from where you're at. And make up your mind you're going to go where God wants you to go. Sometimes we miss our blessings because we're too busy making excuses. Well, I've been this way for 40 years, press God. Boy, it got quiet in the house. I've done this for 20 years, and I'm not doing anything else. I've heard this one before. Well, I done did my time in the church. Come on. It doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are. If Abraham can still give birth at 100 years and Sarah can still have children at 100 years old, God can still use you. What do you mean? You don't have to give birth to a child, but you can give birth to something of God that can change people's lives. Come on, somebody. If God can do it for them, he can definitely do it for you. It doesn't matter how long you've been in the church. If you're sitting on the pew, you're not doing anything. Praise the Lord. I'm not done, am I? Come on. But you don't understand, brother. I can't do the things I used to. The joy of the Lord's your strength. Y'all ain't shout with me. The joy of the Lord is your strength. When I can't do nothing, when I am weak, he is made strong. What did Paul say? I must decrease for him to increase. When I can't do something within myself, the Holy Spirit can kick in and you can do something. Oh, let me say this. I don't know nothing going on in the church. Can I just say this right here? There may be positions that need to be filled and God's just waiting on you to fill them. And because you don't want to fill them, y'all not shout with me now. Because you think you're done, God is not through with you yet. As long as you have breath, God is not done with you. By the way, there's nowhere in the Bible will I find retirement. Y'all ain't shouting me down now. Especially in the kingdom of God. You got to keep yourself busy. Come on. But I'm just waiting on the Lord. Come on. Waiting on the Lord means occupying until he shows up. Come on. Occupy until he shows up. When it's your turn, step in your position. Do what God's called you to do. Can you shout amen? I got to move on. That was deep. Okay, Moses, go over to Egypt. Tell them them that I said let them go. 
Now listen to what had to happen. Moses had to go back to Egypt. Once Moses went back to Egypt, he went over and told Pharaoh, you need to let my people go. Now, this would discourage a lot of people at this moment in time because the first time he told him, he didn't do anything. Come on. You get real discouraged when, I mean, you know, we all get real discouraged sometimes when uh, God doesn't move exactly like we thought he was going to move. He went to him, you need to let my people go. What's wrong with you, Moses? Come on. What's the matter with you, Moses? Come on. What, what are you talking about, let your people go? Weren't you raised in the same place I was? Come on. Didn't you do the same things I've done? Come on, what are you talking about? Let your people go and God's people go. I'm not letting them go. Plague after plague after plague after plague had to happen to harden Pharaoh's heart. God, the Bible says God hardened his heart. And the reason why God had to harden his heart was because he had to move, to harden Pharaoh's heart so God, so God can let his people loose. The Bible said over and over, plague after plague, it happened, thing after thing happened. Finally, he said, get your stuff and go. And the Bible says when they got ready to go, this is what I like it. And I like this part right here. They, the, the Egyptians got to the point, just take whatever we got. We don't care. Just get out of our hair. Y'all hear what I'm telling you? What actually happened was the children of Israel got spoiled by the Egyptians. Why, the ones that were the enemies, the ones that had them bound, the ones that had them tied up and wrapped up and messed up, was the one was now giving them the blessing. You can get blessed by your enemies by making peace with your enemies. Come on, you can get blessed by your enemies by you making peace with your enemies. Now, I know sometimes we want to get back. Amen? Y'all ain't shouting with me, Y'all know what I'm talking about when you go to Walmart and that car cuts you off in front of you and gets your parking spot. Somebody's shouting right now. I'd see it. Right? See, God will bless you through your enemies if you find peace with them. Once you find peace with your enemy, you'll become blessed. They begin to spoil them. Take whatever you want, whatever you like. Isn't that like God? The devil himself start bringing you stuff. The devil himself start bringing you things that you need. Y'all ain't shouting with me right there. Because, I mean, you know, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but principalities, powers of darkness, rulers of evil, wickedness in high places. We don't fight against each other. We fight against the devil who is a liar and there's no truth in him. Come on, somebody. And because of that, we can get to a place in God that we can find peace with our enemies that even the devil will give up what he has for you to get away from him. Come on. He said, take what we got. I don't care. Get out. Even the devil was fed up at that moment. Grab this stuff, go out into the wilderness, start off, get to the Red Sea. Y'all know the story. Moses stretched out his rod, parted the Red Sea, and all of a sudden now they flood in. And what happened? He said, turn and look no more because those enemies that you see today, you will no longer see again. Why? Because God showed up. The Bible says when they got to the other side, the sea went back together and Pharaoh, now in the movie, Pharaoh come back. In the movie, y'all remember the movie on the Ten Commandments where Pharaoh came back? The Bible don't say as Pharaoh came back. The Bible says Pharaoh and all his army, all the horses, all the chariots was in the bottom of the 
Red Sea. Why? Because when God does a work, he does it all the way. And when he does it all the way, those that are coming against you, God will make sure they're out of your way. God will close the door on the enemy and allow you to move forward into your life. <coughs> then they wandered around and round and round and round and round the wilderness. Round and round the same mountain. <coughs> round and round the same place. Kind of like with some of us. We run round and round and round with the same sin. With the same issue. With the same problem. We're all the whole time complaining and griping and fussing. Well, I'm tired of this manna. But yet God provided manna for them every day. Come on. The Bible said at one time he had to change the manna that had a little oily substance to it that he had to change the taste of it just because they was griping because of what was going on. I mean, you know, sometimes you can find yourself weary and well-doing as you're going through the same problems, the same issues, the same things. Can I say this? That person is not your problem. That spirit is your problem. I'm preaching this. This is good right here. That spirit is your problem. And when you understand that that's a spirit and it's not of God, then you understand that person needs Jesus. Come on, somebody. And you can look beyond what they're doing. Because that person is not the problem. Because a lot of times we go from place to place, church to church. Come on, somebody. It ends up being the same problem, just a different face. If, they, if it ends up being the same problem, there's a common denominator, and that common denominator is you. That common denominator is me. Come on. Because if it's still the same problem, just a different face, then we're not confronting the problem. And we're not dealing with the sin. Y'all quiet on me. They complained all the time while they went around the same mountain over and over and over. He's preaching with me down there. Amen. Why? Because they wouldn't look past themselves. They wouldn't get out of their pity. Instead, they stayed in the same place over over again you know what church we all have the tendencies of wanting to do those things but if we never deal with the issue the problem will never go away I am blessed to work at a hospital uh, really blessed to work at a hospital I help drug addicts alcoholics uh, recover I also help those with mental issues and problems now I want to tell you something if you've never been in a place like that, you need to come and stay for a few days. The reason why I say is, even Jesus, every time Jesus went to the temple, he got in trouble. But when Jesus, you found Jesus, he was ridiculed for being in amongst the publicans and the sinners. Because he said, didn't Jesus say, I come to those who are sick, not those who are well. 
And God allowed me to be at this hospital to help those who are struggling with drugs and help those who are struggling with alcohol, help those who are struggling with mental conditions. The first thing, I am blessed also to be called the therapeutic options trainer. I'm the one that teaches the hold, but I also talk about drug abuse, alcohol abuse, sexual abuse, mental abuse, physical abuse, and emotional abuse. Because these people struggle not just those, but those, even some in here, we struggle with some of those things in life. I had to learn a long time ago that they have a problem and an issue, and that issue is not them. It's something that they won't deal with. Because the reason why we do drugs, the reason why we do alcohol, the reason why we take those pills over the counter, and I'm getting deep. I feel it in my spirit this morning. Because we don't, we take those things because we don't want to feel like who we really are. Because we don't like who we are and because we don't like who we are, we rather take a pill or a drug or take a drink to, to pacify what's going on. But the problem is when you come down from the high, when you come down from the drunk, it's, still, it's worse late then than it is now. So you have to continue taking those things to try to make yourself feel better about yourself. Now, we've always preached about the alcohol, and we've always preached about the cigarettes being sin. When all fact of reality, the sin is not the alcohol and the cigarettes. The sin is what's in the heart. It's in the heart. That those things, the cigarettes, the alcohol, the drugs, is an outward thing of showing what's in the heart. Because I can promise you from experience from drinking alcohol and to the point of being almost an alcoholic, that once I give my heart back to God and surrender to God, I had no taste for alcohol. Because God changed me. I didn't have the AA meetings like we have today. I don't have the programs that we have today, which I thank God we have those programs today. But understand what I'm saying. I didn't have those things. All I had was God himself. And he's the one that took the desire for me because I learned that it was a heart condition. The reason why they struggle with that, again, is because they don't like themselves. The reason why you're struggling with your situation is because a lot of times we don't like ourselves. Listen, the situation will never go away until you confront the issue. Now, I will, we call it in the medical field, and I don't know why I'm on this. This ain't even, wouldn't even know parts of my notes, but somebody need to hear this. In the medical field, we call these things called triggers. And, and what it is is the enemy uses a touch, a feel, a smell, a time of day, a certain thing that will cause the memory to relapse into something that happened in the past. And what it does, it causes you to react in different ways. Sometimes we call what we call fight or flight. In other words, you rather fight and run away. Or sometimes you just completely shut down. There are times where those triggers come on. When they do, it brings back those memories. When it brings back their memory, it gets to the point that the lights are on and nobody's at home and we're out of control. Why? Because the issues are not resolved. The problems are not resolved. So we go to medication, we go to drugs, we go to alcohol because the problems never get resolved. When the fact of reality, when you, when you do understand this, and we, and we even in the hospital, when you finally realize that that is a trigger, and you finally realize that the enemy is the enemy of the past, come on, who's the accuser of the brethren? Let me say it again. Y'all quiet on me. Who's the accuser of the brethren? 
the enemy, correct? And guess who brings up the past? The enemy. Come on, somebody. Whenever you realize it's the enemy that's bringing it up, guess what? You can confront those problems, those issues, and you can overcome them. Why? The Bible says you will overcome him by what? The blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. You can overcome those thoughts. You can overcome those things. Why? And you, if you want to overcome the thoughts, you want scripture and verse? You want to go with me? You gird up the loins with your mind, cast down every imagination, every high thing, and exalt yourself against the knowledge of God. Because the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty to the pulling down of strongholds. Are you with me? Why? Because I got to renew my mind. Come on, somebody. In Christ Jesus. How you take care of those issues, you have to confront the issues, confront the problem, and allow God to heal you from those things. But as long as they're there, the enemy will use a trigger to keep you held back and put you in bondage and keep you in a place that you don't need to be. So, brother, you wow, that's we talk. I get I'm blessed to be able to talk even in our region to people this every single day, every single week. Because they get to come see me. And what do I tell them? For every action, every action there's an opposite reaction. In other words, you reap what you sow. Come on. And we talk about our group of friends and how that we put people in our friends, in our close friends and people who love us unconditionally. But yet those who struggle with drugs, alcohol, sexual abuse, mental abuse, physical abuse, put people in there for a need and for an issue of their life. And they don't have nobody else that really loves them through who they are. So if you continue to walk in your problem, you're going to stay in your problem. We talk about trauma. Trauma can affect everybody. And trauma happens to everyone sitting in the room. But the deal is you can either learn from it or you can sit there in it. And I'm going to go a little further. Crisis, come on now, this is good right here. Crisis is determined by the individual. It's an inward emotion and an outward thing that is connecting together. Because listen, let me tell you, you may not get upset about your peanut butter sandwich at 3 o'clock, but I'm mad when I don't get my peanut butter sandwich at 3 o'clock. <laughs> Why? Because the crisis will come up and be determined by the individual, which we more like it call in these days called drama. Y'all not shout with me, are you? But until you confront those issues, they will never go away. And when you realize what they are, what happens? What God reveals, he heals. Did you want to say right there? Let's go right there. What God reveals, he heals. Once he reveals to you that's a trigger, you can overcome it. They kept going around the same mountain over and over and over and over and over because they won't deal with the issues. They complained, they griped, they murmured. God provided a shade during the day. He provided cool. Come on. I mean, shade during the day for cooling. He provided heat for the might to keep them warm. He provided food for them. Come on, somebody. And the first go around before they decided they wasn't ready, come on, somebody. God made sure their clothes didn't even wear out. Come on. God provided everything, but yet they still complained because they wanted to be in the same place. You know what a rut really is? It's a grave with both ends knocked out. Y'all quiet. 
But there come a day that Moses' term was time to expire. Why? Because Moses had done all he knew because all he knew was the wilderness. <laughs> Let me say that again. I don't think y'all caught on to that. It was time for Moses' turn to expire because all Moses knew was the wilderness. You see, if you have a leader that all he knows is the wilderness, guess where you're going to stay? If you have somebody in place who's leading you and all they're leading you to is through the wilderness, guess what? You're going to remain in the wilderness. Because when it was time, Moses' time to expire, I like this story about Moses because when him and God went walking one day and God's the only one that came back. Isn't that what the word says? Him and Moses went off and then God's the only one came back. But listen to me. They had to change the guard. They had to change the mentality of the leaders. And once they changed the mentality of the leaders, the people changed. What happened was God said, okay, Moses, you've done all you can. Now, you, you, you smote the rock instead of speaking on the rock. And so because of that, I'm not going to let you pro pro cross over. But I am going to raise up a new leader who is a fighter, who is a warrior, who will go in and conquer the land. Because Moses had a good mentality because he was a good pastor. I mean, oh, Moses was a good pastor. And he dealt with a lot of stuff. Amen. And if you ain't been pastor, you need to be pastor at least one month out of the year. <laughs> Brother Drew, they, they, they need to be pastor at least one month. And by the way, thank you, Brother Drew and Sister Shelley, for letting me be here today. Amen. But hear me when I say this. It was time for a change. Why? Because the mentality of the leadership had to change for them to cross over. Your mentality has to change for God to show up and allow you to cross over. If you continue to have a mentality of the wilderness, you'll never get out. So God immediately, when Moses left, began to speak to Joshua. How did Joshua know the voice? And I'll get to this here in a minute. How did Joshua know the voice? Well, Joshua was with Moses when the Bible talked about there was a cloud appeared under Moses and, spoke, and God spoke to Moses face to face. Joshua was there. He heard the voice. Come on, somebody. So when Moses went with God and never come back, he immediately started speaking to Joshua. Let me show you something. Joshua didn't do anything until God spoke. Boy, this is good this morning. Anybody getting out of there? Any of this? God didn't do it. Joshua didn't do anything until God spoke. That's why you need to know you don't do anything until God speaks. You got to be led by the Spirit. Those who are led by the Spirit are sons and daughters of God. Come on, somebody. You got to be led by the Spirit. Come on. Amen. Immediately when Moses' time was expired, he began to talk to Joshua. And the first thing he told Joshua is, get your stuff ready. Get your stuff because we gather them all up because you're about to possess the land that I promised you. You're about to receive what God I have for you and get ready because you're going to cross over to where I've told you you're going to cross. Immediately, Joshua, what did he do? He started commanding. Why? He started taking authority. 
What do you mean taking authority? My Bible says this. My Bible says this. I've given you the keys to the kingdom. Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever be loose on earth shall be loose in heaven. He said, I've given you dominion over the fish of the sea, the fowl of the air, every creeping thing that he created. Even Hebrews said, I even give you dominion over what all God has created. Somebody ain't with me. He automatically took his power through the power of the Holy Ghost and stood up and said, hey, it's time to do something. We've been out here for too long. So we make up our mind. It's time to get your stuff together. Because in three days we're crossing over. In three days we're moving in. In three days it's going to change. And it's going to change your life forever. Why? Because it had a whole totally different mentality. And once he began to speak, come on. What does that speak? Speak those things that be not as though they were. Speak those things by faith because now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Speak by and believe that God is going to show up and receive the blessing of God in your life. Come on somebody and begin to speak. Once he began to command and take his authority, they started gathering their stuff up because they knew they was going to win. It makes a huge difference when somebody's speaking positive instead of somebody speaking negative. Because once he started commanding and started speaking to the children of Israel, they began to gather up. And from that point on, all the way up, come on somebody, they crossed over. Why? Because Joshua was the man to lead them into the promised land. What's so great about the story is, was this. Was when he got ready to cross over, God spoke to Joshua and told him, he said, let me show you something. Now, the ones that came through the wilderness was not circumcised. The circumcision was a, was a representation of the connection between them and God. So he told them that all that who came through the wilderness needed to be circumcised. Now, I will tell you something. As an, as an elder man, being circumcised would not have been a fun thing. Amen? So once he did, what God was doing with the circumcision was this. He was renewing the covenant that he had already promised. Come on, somebody. He was renewing the covenant that he had already promised. Once he got ready to, once he renewed the covenant with God, guess what happened? They, they was ready to cross. So the Bible says while the men were sore, they was all gathered up and all hiding because they was all in pain. And the Bible talks that Joshua was walking about and there was a man standing out there alone. And Joshua walked out and he said, are you for us? Are you against me? The man said, neither. For the captain of the Lord of hosts have showed up. Y'all didn't hear what I said right there. He said, neither. Because the captain of the Lord of hosts has showed up. And the Bible said Joshua at that moment knelt down and began to worship. Why? Because he still remembered the voice. Y'all not preaching with me. Because he still remembered the voice. Listen, if you still remember God's voice, if you'll keep listening to him, he'll lead you where you need to be. Come on, somebody. So he said, I'll tell you what you do, Joshua. Take your shoe off. Now notice, he didn't say both shoes because Moses himself, come on, somebody, took both shoes off when he went to the burning bush. But instead, he said, Joshua... Oh, I'm about to preach this one. Take one shoe off. Why? Because if you look over in the booth of Ruth, there, Ruth, there was a man by the name of Boaz. When he got ready to buy the land, come on somebody. 
He, what he did was he took his shoe off as a testimony that it was bought and paid for. Come on. Why? Because it was already done. He said, Joshua, take your shoe off. Why? Because it's already possessed. It's already yours. It's already what he's promised. It's already, come, come on somebody, it's already yours. It's already taken care of. It's already done with. It's already finished. It's already, come on somebody, y'all ain't shouting with me. It's already done, which means this, it's already been conquered and you already have the victory. Which means this, three days things are going to change. But today, guess what? He's already given you the victory. Now I'm going to say this before I close. Three days is significance to a lot of things. And usually in three days it gets dark, dim, and gloom. If you don't believe me, let's look where Jesus died on the cross. Because when Jesus died on the cross, everybody thought all hope was lost. Everything's done. He's dead. Come on. The disciples themselves even went back to the thing they were used to doing. Come out, went back to the same boat that they went fishing out of. Back to the same things that they were comfortable with. Come on. Because Jesus is gone. But hear me, it only took three days. It only took three days. The Bible says in three days, Jesus was in hell. I like that because wouldn't you, wouldn't you like to sing that? The devil was down there having a party, having a good old time. Then all of a sudden, Jesus come up and said, come on. But in three days, the Bible says Jesus went to hell. Why did he go to hell? To get the keys of death, hell, and the grave. And to set those free that are in hell. Come on. Listen, you may go through some dark times in the next three days. But you're still going to possess what's yours. Because what God has said will come to pass. His promises are yes and amen. Why? Because you're his child. He's chosen you for such a time as this. He's prepared things for you to receive. He's prepared things for you to be blessed. Come on, somebody. And he's already predestined for you to have. I'm closing right here. When you go down to the dealership, you can ask Captain Kirk back there. And you want to buy a vehicle. What do you do? You go in there and talk to the salesman. Of course, some of them salesmen, I mean, some of them salesmen get on your nerves, right? Y'all ain't shouting with me now. Not Captain Kirk, though. He's cool. Amen? Come on. Amen. But when you have the cash money to go put on a vehicle, what do you do? You walk in there with the cash money, and then you sign papers. And they put your name on what we call a title. <laughs> Y'all not hear me. 
And when you get ready to get the title, especially when it's in somebody else's name, you have to sign the title to be changed over into your name. Right? And when you sign over into your name, what does it do? It automatically, with that title, whether you have the keys to the vehicle, whether you have the vehicle at all, you can still be in the dealership and not have the vehicle because they may want to detail it, which I hope Captain Kirk would detail all your vehicles. Amen? Go see him after church, okay? <laughs> but you may have to wait a little bit longer to get your, to get your vehicle. But hear me, once you sign that title to stating it's getting transferred to your name, that vehicle is yours, right? Now, I know our system today, you got to send it through the mail and go through a huge process, then you get the title back, right? But even though the title's still in process, that's still your vehicle. Even though you're waiting for the title and you anxiously can't wait to get it, come on, somebody, because it's coming. Y'all not hear me. And when it comes, guess what? You're excited. Why? Because it's still in the process, but it's coming because I've already signed the title. It's already done. It's already mine, right? When Jesus died on the cross, he already signed everything to you. He's already signed everything to you, which means it's already written in red. It's already been stamped in approval. It's already stamped with your name on it, which means this, it is yours. And it don't matter how long you got to wait for the process. It don't matter what you got to go through. It doesn't matter. It is still yours. It is for you to receive. It is for you to get in your life, and it will change your life forever. Why? Because it's already written out, sealed out, already done. So, three days. Today's Sunday, praise the Lord. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I believe within by Wednesday, you're going to see a miracle from God that you have never seen before in your life. I'm going to say this too, because I feel this in my spirit, and I'm praying right after this. There's going to be a financial wave about to come into this church. Don't forget who blessed you. Because God's going to bless you to bless God's house and the ministry. There's going to be a financial wave that's going to be bless you that you can bless others with. Come on, somebody. And it's going to overturn into this church. And this church is going to do greater things than it's ever seen before. In his life. God's allowed you to have the right pastors at the right time at the right moment. Come on. He has placed them here for this reason and for this season. And you guys are fixing to go further than you've ever been before in your life. Now you guys have seen crowds here before, but you ain't you ain't gonna it's gonna blow your mind the people that are gonna come in. And not only that, those that you've been praying for are coming in as well. Come on, somebody. Why? Because what God has promised you is coming to pass. In the next three days, God's going to pour a wave through you, and it's going to turn your life upside down. God, I thank you and I praise you. I worship your name because, God, you're worthy to be praised. Thank you, Lord, for your word today. Thank you, Lord, for what you've done. And I thank you, God, for what you're going to continue to do in our hearts and our lives.
that God, I pray, Lord, we believe in the next three days that things are going to change. And by faith, now in the name of Jesus, we're going to move forward in you. And God, we're going to do what you ask us to do. Let us continue to be led by your spirit, by your anointing. Let us continue, Lord, to be led by you that, God, we can do the work that you've called us to do. That, God, we give you the glory. We give you the honor and the praise for what you're doing in Jesus' name. Stand with me on your feet.